is the Flashpoint Podcast, where we talk about the issues that get everyone hot and bothered. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. And one thing that gets Philadelphia residents hot under the collar is student loan debt. According to the Federal Reserve, there are 44.2 million Americans who together possess a combined $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. And many are struggling. But a Philadelphia woman and her team of financial coaches are making national headlines by changing the face of this dilemma one debtor at a time. Sonia Lewis, a.k.a. the student loan doctor, struggled with her own backbreaking debt until she had a breakthrough that she now shares with others. With me in the studio to talk about her company is Sonia Lewis. Sonia, welcome to Flashpoint. Thank you for having me here. Excited to be here. So when I read your article, in essence, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm still paying off my student loans. Yes. So explain the problem as you saw it. Okay, so I always start off by saying that this is the greatest accidental business, but I never woke up and said, you know what, I want to take on Sally Mae. Like, that's weird. I never did that. Um, It actually was birthed out of me helping myself first, helping my friends second, and then my community third. And so I actually birthed the student loan doctor out of helping people after church for free with their student loans because that's my professional background. Been in higher ed for over 10 years. And what I found is that what I thought to be so simple, like, oh, all you have to do is, was the thing that people really needed to hear most. And so it started off with me helping people one-on-one after church and then me being at Corner Bakery on City Line for free, one-on-one. And I'm like, Jesus didn't say everybody for free. And so I created like a consulting business, if you will. But then what happened is when you introduced social media into the fold. Mm. And that really took us um, from what I call a hustle, to be quite honest, to, oh, let me actually structure this as a business. And then it took it to, okay, well, I can't work every day for 14 hours every day. Like, I don't know. That's not sustainable. I might need to hire. And then from there, it just grew. And then um, last year, well, excuse me, it's not last year yet. Earlier this year, um, the Shade Room had found out about us. Mm. And that really changed the trajectory of our business like forever. Wow. Just kind of blew up. Yeah, overnight, really. Yep. And explain <laughs> and explain the broader problem mm-hmm. of student loans mm-hmm. and how big it is. Yeah, so I think the challenge is, is that um, when people hear student loans, you're really just coming from the framework of what you might know or what you might have. But really, statistically, it is um, one of the biggest debts that our country has, $1.5 trillion. And then we talk about it on a, a micro scale when we really, really drill down who's affected by it. Um, are African-Americans, and particularly African-American women. Yes, because we are one of the most educated segments yes. of the population. Yes, my favorite joke is you didn't you didn't see that on Love & Hip Hop. They didn't tell you that part, right? So there are so many African-American women with degrees and multiple degrees. And then we see student loan debt become a problem when people start to go into grad school. And this is the only loan that really has the, the least in terms of underwriting as to how you and how much you can borrow. So we see people leaving with 150000 200000 300000 in debt, but there are really no regulations as to how much you can borrow and really what you need to show documentation for what the money's for. And so what dilemma are people in that they have these huge, because I, I, we were talking off mm-hmm. mic and I, I went to law school. I mm-hmm. have a master's in journalism. Mm-hmm. My master's was paid for cash, mm-hmm. thank the Lord. But, you know, that... That that law school debt was serious, and I have friends who owe two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars. And so the problem is, is because there are so many laws that are changing that say if you have student loans, these are the things that are going to be affected by it. And so 
you know, and I could go on a whole tangent, but student loan debt at its core, when we talk about accessibility, um, it's going to affect your credit. And it's definitely affecting home buying. And we know really to build wealth, to build wealth, one of the, ra- the ways is real estate. But so many African-American women, particularly I see, are kept out, quote unquote, of the home buying market. Because they got a mortgage for, for the education. So are they, mm-hmm. are their credit messed up or, or are they just saddled with these huge oh, bills? Oh, no. So their credit is not messed up, surprisingly, because really, if you understand credit, is that the more debt you have and the better standing in which you pay your loans or you pay your debt, the better your credit score. So that's not the issue here. It's just that your debt-to-income ratio is too mm. skewed. So if you're making 80000 or let's say making 120000 but you owe 300000 it still looks like it's not enough on paper. And so we can't give you another mortgage for 250000 Yeah, and but then you basically, it is a lot. I it mean, is. Because your, your monthly payments are mm-hmm. like that mortgage. It is. And so then what happens is um, there are different models of repayment, non-income-based repayment, income-based repayment, and so you might like you might say, well, you know, I need the income base for payment to make this affordable. But the more money you earn, the model does something totally different. It actually increases the payment size, and it says, well, you know what, you're making more, so essentially you should be able to pay this off quicker. But here's the bigger problem because we're not always taught about how to handle money before we get money. Our lifestyle sometimes precedes what we should be doing with our money first. The government believes you should pay your student loans. Then you buy your home, and then you buy your car. Well, we know people buy the car, the home, and then student loans. Yeah, they put the student loans on the back burner. Yeah. But this all came, and you were sort of revolutionizing and teaching people mm-hmm. the the correct order of things. I am. And so I think why it's working and why we are, like, quote, unquote, an overnight success. And I always call it nothing really overnight because you should have saw me when I was doing those 15-hour days, right? I had a job downtown, and then I had an office in Jenkintown, and I had an hour to make it, and then I had five appointments, and I would work with people on the West Coast. And I needed to still be as awake for them as the people on the East Coast that I just served. So it was a lot of grinding to it. But why I think it really took off as quickly as it did was because there was no one in the space, to be quite honest, that looked like me, that could talk to people that looked like me, that was coming from a place of, I understand. Now, let me show you how you two can move from this place. Yeah. And before we go into that, Mm -hmm. I want to back up because you were in that space. Yes. And I'm still paying my loans off. So I'm almost at my doctoral degree. When the Obamas... Was still paying theirs yes. off in the I, White when House. I heard that, I said, you know what? I do not feel bad. Thank you. They, and they admitted <laughs> that. I think they tweeted when they reading. first, when they wrote that last check. I was like, oh, you president of the told, United States. I think you're saying I have to move to the White House to be done with this? No. And I get that question. I was like, are your loans done? I'm like, no, they're not done. This business is only two years old. So you should just interview me in a few more years, and I can say yes. You know, writing that last check—that's yes. going to be a news story right that, there. You writing a, that last I, check. Listen, I will listen. Pitch my own media kit, right? So what I tell people all the time is that, um, you know, the thing about moving the needle when it comes to debt is changing mindset. And so we have been brought up, and I say we in terms of the African American community that debt is okay, or sometimes you don't even understand the bad habits that you've learned over time. And I always share my story that my family um, comes from a long line of college degrees, right? So in my family, either went to college or the military. You had two options, right? But we never talked about money. I don't even remember having a conversation about what to do if you got into a pinch. You figured it out. There are things in our community that are promoted like, oh, it's okay to overdraft. There's a fee for that. It's just $36. That but 36 adds up. That 36 times 6, for that, that pay period exactly adds up. And so how do you change the mindset or change the narrative? 
And if we just hit fast forward, what I really, really try to talk to all of my audiences about is that it's not about you. It's about legacy. Because why is it if we're earning so much wealth in our lifetime, right? We're bringing in a lot of money, but every generation has to keep restarting. So when I sat next to, this really hit me big. When I sat next to, I went to Bloomsburg University. I remember a young lady in my anthropology class, and she was not trying to do her best in this class. And I'm, I'm trying. And I said to her, like, girl, like, you can afford to take this class over? Like, you know, I'm looking at her. She's like, oh. She was like, my college is, like, prepaid. My uncle left behind. I'm like, oh. So I'm over here, like, busting my butt because I can't afford to retake this through financial aid or not. And her check was written. But there was a difference there. But why could we not train ourselves or learn how to do that for our family and children? Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, practice law, there was a ton of my colleagues who mm-hmm. had their education handed to them basically because mm-hmm. their parents had planned for that. Planned, keyword. Planned for their kids to have. And they mm-hmm. also planned to give them a down payment for their first home when they got oh, married. My. It was like and paid for their wedding. A lot of things that, you know, I just did not have. And you think about that. How do you set yourself up? For that, especially when you come into the game in order to get those good positions and high earning positions, having gone into significant debt in order to do that. Most times what happens is even when you get the great job and you're the uh, CEO or head manager or the GM, you're still sometimes behind the eight ball in comparison to your counterparts when it comes to debt because of the unplanning, the planning that was not done by your family before as if your counterparts had their plans. So the house was given or a down payment, like you said. Or it's just things that you'll find that even when you get into the workforce, when you graduate, there's still some inequality there. Because now you are here making, let's say, 100000 But now you have the student loan to pay for. You do have the mortgage. You do have the credit cards. And so it doesn't feel like 100000 And so then you still find yourself always feeling like you're not enough or you're not as great um, or you're not as equal to because... If you, you understand what's in your bank account, it doesn't add up. Yeah. And so um, so tell people a couple of tips mm-hmm. and then, you know, we'll direct them to where they can go. Yeah. So give me a couple of basic tips that, okay, you you have a lot of student loans, you're mm-hmm. drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you didn't pay a few few months in a row. Yeah. You know, and you're like, but you know you got to do it. Yeah. Because, you, you know, they're going to call you, they're going to find you, well, you can't get away from it. They're always going to find you. So we are at a great time doing this conversation because tax season is coming. Mm. And this is when you're either going to get a check or a letter. I tell you, it's going to go two ways. And you don't want to play Russian roulette if you're counting on that refund. And you know, most times have, people have already spent their refund check in their head. But then they get a letter, like, surprise, the Department of Education actually needed this more. Right? And so what, what I tell people to be best prepared is that there's still time to clean up their loans if that's them. If you've been playing Russian roulette or you haven't paid in, I would say, seven, six to seven months, this would be the time to get on top of your loans and clean it up if you if you are expecting a refund check. What I tell people is that your lender has a multitude of options that we don't even look into because of shame and we're fearful. And so if you've been ducking and dodging your lender for so long, you may, may never pick up the phone because you don't have the $1,500 payment. That came in the mail. The letter that comes in the mail, that first payment, is what's called a standard payment. That's just if you want to get rid of this in 10 years. But there are options that you can extend your payment out if you need to for over 30 years to make it more affordable. And the people that are most struggling to pay their loans, let's say because of income, that's who really needs to tune into what options are available. There's something called the repay plan that was um, enacted by the Obama administration. Here's Here's a little tip. 
the Trump administration has not yet figured out what to do with this student loan epidemic. So they've done nothing. So everything that Obama has set up is still in place. So I need people to act on it while it's still in place because if they change it, and I've saw what they are proposing to change it to, not horrible but not great. And so you still want to take advantage of what was left behind from the previous administration, if possible. Yeah. The last thing is um, is to understand how forbearance works. So forbearance is an option. When you cannot pay, you let them know. They'll give you an extension of time. But you only have 36 months of forbearance in the lifetime of the loan. So use it sparingly. Yeah, because when you get a call like, oh, I need six more months. I need six more months. Okay. Well, what's going to happen is they're always going to say yes, right, until you run out. And then the clock starts with or without you. And so you need to be aware of how many more forbearance months you have available so that you don't think in your head, oh, I have more time, and you really don't. Yeah, and plus that interest still continues to click up during your forbearance. Yeah, and so people could take classes and courses, get all this information, and get themselves together. Just we're a a full-service business, but we also believe in teaching. So you never have to pay a dime if you wanted to work with us and learn from us. We have free webinars that we do all of the time. Uh, We do free live events. So I made sure that the office that I have here in Philadelphia can hold up to 70 people. I was like, I'm sick of looking for places to teach. Let me just create my own space, right? Um, And then we do, like, virtual classes where we teach about budgeting and we teach about paying down your credit cards. You know, all of these things are important to the bigger picture because if we can manage the credit card debt, we can make room for the student loan payment. If we get rid of the student loan payment, we can make room or figure out how to do investing as well. What we don't want to do is see someone pay through the loans, pay through the loans, and never invest it as well. And now you have nothing to leave behind. So you're behind in your investing years, and then you're now retiring later, or maybe not even retiring, which is scary. Yeah. And so where can people find you? Yeah, so our favorite place is Instagram, right? We That's where we thrive, um, The Student Loan Doctor. Um, our website, thestudentloandoctorllc.com. Um, and then we also, if you want to find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the student loan doctor. We have a podcast on iTunes, the student loan doctor. There's so many places. Um, we are very friendly on Google. So if you just put it in there, it'll help you get to the us. The student loan doctor. Yeah. Just check you out. Workshops. And, you know, she's been there. She's, you know, been able to write the ship and, and actually making huge headway. People are jumping on this because there are literally tens of millions of Americans yes. who all owe this money. Yeah, I'm excited. If you need some direct help, I should say that we have a website, doctorpleasehelpme.com. That would get you right to us. <laughs> I just wanted to make it so similar. Like, that's a, that's really catchy. I'm like, I don't want you to think too hard. Doctorpleasehelpme.com. And we are starting up our university in January to build that community. Because here's what's going to happen. Um, a lot of times, and I will leave you with this, um, a lot of times people, when it comes to money, suffer in silence. Yes. And so, it's a shameful thing. Because no one, think about if even you with your own girlfriends, just how many times, if we, even if we have professional girlfriends and great women, do we ever just sit around like, girl, what about those loans? Like, we never talk about debt. Or we never talk about our money challenges, but we could talk about everything else. And so what I find is that sometimes you do need to be in a space where you can talk about these things, get advice, and not be judged. Because that's really the only way you're going to make movement. And I'm telling you, when this business first started or this platform platform first started, it was quiet as a mouse. I was really talking and Instagramming to myself. And then one day, people started to comment. And now everybody comments, and we all talk to each other on the page. It's really cool. 
but it's because we've made it socially acceptable. It was scary. It's scary, but you, we all have it. This is like a support group, y'all. That's how I feel. And I think we need support group. <laughs> yes. And, I, and I'm going to check out, she has a 31-day budget guide. Yes. She gave me one. I'm going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just do your best. Forgive yourself and then move on and make a plan. That's, That's what, what I we do. People. Thank you so much to yeah, Sonia Lewis, the student loan doctor. Check her out and, um, you know, get your get your money in order. Get your money right. Yes. <laughs> Next up, they remember the lives of victims of violence. We uh, are presenting their lives, not their deaths. A Philadelphia project that looks beyond homicide statistics. We'll be right back.